Hi, and welcome to the Digital Health Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Sabolsky. This is a regular panel discussion held with the brightest minds in the healthcare industry. We host collaborative conversations from all physicians, patients, scientists, creatives, and executives devoting their efforts to putting the care back into healthcare. We cover it all from delivery pharmaceutical life science, digital health, mental health, retail health, and anything anyone's doing with an innovative intent in the market. Stay tuned for a special episode of the Digital Health Roundtable. Hi, and welcome to the Digital Health Roundtable. I'm your host, Matt Sabolsky. I am joined today by two very special guests talking about a unique topic, imaging, MR, access, R&D for the tools, and increasing public health through better imaging and efficacy. I'm joined today by two really important and really special experts, Wes Gilson and Katie Grant. Wes and Katie, please introduce yourself. Tell us how you ended up in this role, and we'll get started. Thanks for the introduction there, Matt. It's a pleasure to to join you today. So uh, I'm Wes Gilson. I am, uh, my official title is Senior Director of Business Development for Emerging Markets for Siemens Health and Ears. And uh, I'm here to chat about this topic of increasing access to MR and uh, democratization. So thanks. All right, thanks, Matt. Um, Again, my name is Katie Grant. I head up the MR marketing and sales operations team within Siemens Health and Ears. Um, and I, I'm also very excited to talk about this topic today. Very passionate about the the end goal. Well, I'm I'm pleased to have you both here. I'm even more enthused that you reached out to me to have this conversation. Part of what we do at Digital Health Roundtable is sort of examining curiosity and the ever-expanding edge of the circle of technologies that impact human lives and increase quality of life for all of us. So let me get started with this question, because when I first was approached by this, I thought, man, I don't really know much about MR. I don't know much about imaging. And I had no idea that there was a problem with even access for it. So here's your chance to tell us more about what that might mean and what it means to you and uh, Siemens too. Um, You're focused on MR and access. Why does this matter for the momentum of digital health? Tell me about the geography of MR, socioeconomic impacts, social determinants of health. How did we end up here focused on MR, access, and democratization? So, so Matt, thanks for that question. I mean, uh, so first I'll start by saying MRI, I think, has established itself over the past 50 years to be a powerful diagnostic tool um, and, and really a key part of the workup for understanding certain diseases and disorders um, for our healthcare professionals. Um, we um, have been, Katie and I have both been um, benefited from really the expansion of the technology and being in the in the midst of its development and had the opportunity to work on the R&D side as well as looking at some business aspects now. Um, so, so as we've thought about this um, over the past, I don't know, five plus years or so, and the concept of of taking MR and expanding access to it, we've we've started to look at some of the places where um, there's really a lack of access to to MR. And what I mean by that is there are places, even though the the United States, we'll we'll focus on the United States here, even though the United States is um, has has the second highest number of MR scanners per person um, of any country in the world, and we have a, a very well developed healthcare system. 
um, that leverages MRI quite significantly. We still have certain locations throughout the United States um, where there's limited access to it, yet there's patients out there that, that really need access to it for whatever diagnostic reason. Um, and, and that can be geographical, that can be socioeconomical, as you mentioned, uh, Matt, as well. Um, it can be um, really financial, financially driven. It's not one of the, the most inexpensive um, types of diagnostic technology, um, yet we found that the, the strength of the information that it provides can be powerful in, in really helping to um, lower the disparity, if you will, between uh, healthcare in certain locations. So you might imagine that in affluent areas, for example, access to advanced imaging technologies is more uh, readily available, um, which creates, again, a, a level of disparity from other places where, where, where they don't have it as well. Um, I grew up in a rural part of America. Um, and there are lots of rural parts of America where um, Im advanced imaging is, is not as easily accessible. Um, and so we see it as a mission. Um, Katie and I have, have really kind of taken this on um, with the company that we work with to um, start to think about how can we break down some of those barriers and, and what do we need to do both from the technology development perspective, but also from the business perspective to see how can we penetrate those areas and how can we take the, the developments that we've been focused on and, um, and really help address that disparity. So how did we how did we get to this place where we've pinpointed this as the problem that we wanted to attack? What was the impetus of growing MR democratization for all? You know, Katie, you and I were talking before with Wes and you had said the pandemic influenced this. Tell us more. I think the pandemic has definitely influenced the trajectory of where we're going, but you know, within, within our, and I think within medical imaging and, and healthcare overall, I think this started quite a while ago, um, years ago, where we we saw that health equity is a challenge that's facing us on a daily basis. Um, this is something where you know the the patient experience sometimes getting advanced imaging can be scary to patients. You're going inside of this in this small door. Um, you know, and there's some anxiety that goes along with that. Um, it's also how maybe challenging the equipment could be to use. And so from our perspective and and being scientists, those are those are challenges that we we like to attack. So for one example, can we make our equipment easier to use to increase that that access as well, um, where you don't need a, a high end, highly trained technologist in order to run the MR? Um, can we make it more comfortable for the patient by expanding the size of the, the bore or the size of the donut that you go into? Um, and can we put it into communities where it's more accessible so you don't have to drive into a large city or a large hospital um, and deal with parking or having to, to pay all to go all that distance? Maybe you don't have access to transportation to get you there. Um, and so the the pandemic, as you mentioned, I think helped kind of accelerate the the value of this because if we are able to bring this advanced healthcare and imaging out into the communities where people live where they pr probably prefer to work and prefer to get their health care from people that they know in a more comfortable environment um, i i think we're we'd all be winning on all fronts and in increasing the value of this to to folks so we're trying to irrigate an MR desert that you're describing, and we have scanners that are easier to use. 
Um, so we're not just providing availability here, but what is it addressing in that gap closure, Wes? Matt, first of all, I like the uh, I like the analogy. We're trying to irrigate the desert. So thanks for throwing that one out there. Um, so what do we try? I mean, ultimately, what we're trying to uh, to address is again that access that accessibility. Um, and so um, Katie kind of mentioned some things. I didn't even actually dig into the technology pieces that we're going into. But um, if we think about it, there are also um, challenges of the the customers. We'll say our customers are the healthcare providers out there with regards to being able to provide this advanced image, this MRI imaging. That can be, um, again, the cost of acquisition. That can be the cost of actually in uh, installing a system and putting it in certain spaces. Um, it can also be um, on the patient side. Um, Katie mentioned um, opening up the system to allow access for for patient certain patients. So we have patients out there that may be on the larger side, um, and uh, typically the 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 design of these systems is such that it's a closed kind of a closed system. And so if we can open that up, it gives access to those patients to get inside of the system to get the appropriate diagnostic information. Or there are plenty of patients out there that have claustrophobia and it's an intimidating experience to go into an MRI scanner to get this information. And so if we can make that a more comfortable experience, that also kind of lowers that that barrier. So all of those pieces kind of fit together on top of the fact that um, if we think about that desert scenario you mentioned, Matt, that there are places in the again, there are places in the country where the population isn't large enough, um, yet the population is still it's still critical. Um, People get sick. People need diagnostic information everywhere in the world. Um, and if we can make it to where um, the technologies that we're developing are um, better suited for whatever location that may be in the world or in the United States um, and can address some of the challenges that they have or the barriers that they have in being able to bring that um, technology and that diagnostic information. Um, th th I think that's a, a big goal for ours, and I think that meets the mission of a lot of um, a lot of healthcare providers today, which is to provide the best diagnostic information and the best best care for their patients wherever they may be. So we've set the stage. Katie and Wes have framed this problem. So let's move into sort of the application, practical, pragmatic side of things, which I know two doctoral scientists get very excited about and had been when we were speaking. And for the audience, this is the part that sort of had aha moments for me um, about what Wes and Katie and Siemens are doing. Let's talk about the R&D space. Let's talk about this idea that the story here is about efficacy and capability along with access. Katie, tell us about how imaging is more than just pictures, but it's physiology, it's function, it's research collaboration. Paint the story of the benefit of democratization when it comes to the tech and the capability therein. Well, that's kind of an exciting one um, because it also gets into the the digital space. And you know, I, I think the the term artificial intelligence is thrown around a lot, and it maybe isn't quite so obvious how it's impacting our daily lives or even even the care that we receive when we go see a physician um, or get some imaging done. So from an R&D perspective, some of the equipment that we're currently working on um, has been a lot of fun because we're trying to 
develop as we go into the democratization, um, the ability to run these machines remotely. So yes, you still have to have you know someone there, but can we make it easy enough to run so that someone from halfway across the country could be logged into the equipment, you know, sitting out, let's say, in the middle of New Mexico, and it, you know, perhaps in the middle of the desert, and helping to acquire, you know, very high-end images, um, you know, and then the same would go for reading those images. We we've worked very hard to integrate technologies into our machines and our software that can allow this to happen, so that even if we don't have the the expert that you need right on site, those experts can still have access to the machines and to the, the images that come out of the machines in order to help get you the best diagnosis possible. Well, I have to say, I, I love that Katie kind of jumped on this topic as well, because as we think about um, increasing access, we have to think about, and, and democratization in general, we can think about the equipment and we can always put something there, but um, keep in mind that MRI is a is a very complex technology. Um, it requires uh, training by and utilization by people that are highly trained to be able to uh, perform the exams appropriately and to get the highest level of quality. And part of being able to bring technology out there is sometimes you can't actually get the um, the individuals who can run that equipment um, to those locations. And so. As we expand, we think about the digital, the digitalization of MRI beyond just the technology itself. It's also about how can we digitalize the controls of it. Um, and then uh, taking that a little bit further, um, we can think about how uh, we have focused on the R&D side of, uh, of things to be able to um, further improve the technology um, such that um, not only can it be easier to operate, but that we can make it more efficient in its operations and, and that we can make the overall experience better. So um, I'll just say, if you go talk to folks that have been um, in the field for a long time and been in healthcare and in radiology for a long time, um, you'll you'll know that MRI is not, although it has great diagnostic information, it's not typically thought of as the fastest imaging technology. It's not like an x-ray. You walk in there and you push a button and you have the image out very quickly. This is a technology where typically it takes a little bit of time to get the information. We focused a lot of effort, um, both Katie and I, when we were working on the R&D side, as well as our R&D colleagues today, and the R&D colleagues in the MR world in general are focused on how can we speed up those exams, leveraging technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning to really reduce the overall time that it takes to gather that information, process that information, and then get the most valuable um, results or outcomes from um, the information or the images that we're, we're uh, obtaining. And I think that's a key part of the entire development piece. And um, it, it drives home the fact that it's not just about developing a box, it's a de about developing an entire solution that's going to address some of the, the critical issues that uh, exist out there with regards to providing, again, kind of equality or more equality and access to this, this healthcare and this technology. Katie, a follow-up. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to add a little more because I, I know both Wes and I are quite technical and I, just to personalize it a little bit more, maybe for your listeners, Part of the R&D that we do and what drives us really is helping to improve patient experiences, meaning, 
you know, we, we all have to, at a certain age, start getting screened for breast cancer and for prostate cancer. And these are two examples where, with our technologies, if we can make these affordable enough, and, and we try very hard using healthcare economists to figure out if it makes sense to do this type of imaging in the long run, you know, from a value perspective, but think about being able to get your, you know, your yearly or bi-yearly exams done quickly on an MRI machine. I know as a, a female, it would be much more comfortable to simply get an, that sort of imaging exam done. And I can imagine for men, it would be similarly more comfortable, you know, just to have um, an imaging exam done for those yearly exams. We're not there yet. You know, we still have quite a bit of research to do both on the economic front, also on the R&D front in order to make that possible. So just, just wanted to add that um, to, to our comments as well. What are a couple initiatives you're working on with Siemens that you feel quite good about sharing? So I, I guess I'll um, I mention to you kind of my focus um, right now within the business um, is looking at emerging markets. Um, and, and, and that's an interesting terminology in the broader sense of global initiatives. We have uh, a focus on how can we bring advanced diagnostic imaging into classic developing countries. So emerging markets in some sense from a developing country's perspective. If we think about that in the in the context of the United States, and I mentioned that there are, are, are places, ge geographies that have limitations, and that's that's one kind of area of an emerging market. But we also think about where healthcare is going today. So at some level, there's a, a decentralization of some of the healthcare pro uh, providers, meaning that um, there's a move to go out into the communities and to provide advanced healthcare in, in the communities. And so, um, and that healthcare can be provided by a number of different physicians, et cetera. Um, we have an interest in looking at where MR provides the most power, uh, the most value, not power, but most value to those clinical practices and to see if by bringing the advanced imaging technologies closer to those physicians and closer to those practices, it helps them deliver on their mission to, to, to kind of provide the full care pathway for their patients, right? And so then you can imagine that that allows them to have the full control over their patients, but it al allows their their patients easier access to the, to the technology. And so that's one I think that's one area where we, we're focusing on. And then, of course, uh, you know, Katie kind of just um, put it out there. We're also looking at kind of expanding, I don't want to say indications, but um, expanding the utilization of MR and finding places where uh, or places in that care pathway where MR might play a valuable role. And that could be in the, the space of um, breast cancer screening, for example, as she mentioned, right? So not just in the diagnostic space, but could we introduce or could we expand its capabilities to, to be able to aid in the earlier detections of cancers, in this case, breast cancer, but it could be other cancer screening if one wanted to consider that. So I think that's kind of expanding it in, in different ways. One is kind of the location space and the other is really the clinical indications or, or part of the care pathway. Katie. <laughs> That's always tough. I mean, I I think we're very fortunate, Wes and I, to, to work at a company that has the culture that we do that, uh, you know, everyone knows that we're working towards the greater good. We feel that passion every day. You know, everyone's trying to do what's right for the patient in the end. And to me, every initiative that we start, it, 
in essence, benefits the patient in some way. Um, it's a little, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know how to wrap my head around it. You know, the driving down the costs in the end will, will benefit the patients. Um, but it's also, you feel like you're part of advancing medicine overall, you know, in partnership with the, the customers and partners that we have. And being able to improve someone's life or quality of life in the end or keep them out of the hospital, um, th those are all very rewarding things to be involved in. And I, I just feel like it's a um, very fortunate situation that we, we get to be involved in these topics. So thank you very much, Matt. Oh, Katie, of course. And yeah, I was about to say you are fortunate. I mean, to have your finger on the pulse of something like this that can impact millions of lives um, is a dream most people never really get to achieve, right? To have your life matter in such a way that others benefit from the career you held is uh, a true gift. I think a lot of people who are in advanced degrees and technical skill sets that sit in the chairs you all sit in, um, when reminded of their impact, I think it lessens the burden of their day-to-day. -day. So hats off to both of you. At the end of every conversation I have with folks, no matter the topic, no matter their expertise, um, I ask them a simple question. And that question is as follows. If there was only one soundbite tied to your name, tied to your voice on this topic, what would you want people to hear to listen to into perpetuity. If you could take a moment and share that, I think it'd be wonderful for our audience to hear. And certainly for me, I'd like to hear your distillation of today's conversation as well. It's the hardest question you've asked us yet, Matt. It's a tough one. It's, <laughs> it's right up there with, if you had a billboard in every corner of the United States, what would you put on it? I, I can't distill mine down to a billboard, but at least what I do very much comes from the heart and um, is very personal in the sense that, you know, we hopefully we have friends and family who we want to have around us for a very long time. And the more that we can do to increase access to care and make it more affordable, um, being involved in that is, extremely rewarding and um, I just I hope that what we do and the work that we do on a daily basis can continue to affect people's lives in, in a positive way. And, yeah, Matt, and Matt, Matt, this is like that, that that hard interview question, like if you go into a job <laughs> interview, right? So um, I, I might take this one for future interviews of candidates because I think it's a great one to kind of um, try and capture the essence of yeah. who someone is, right? So of course, um, for me, you know, it's interesting uh, because I had a call just early this morning with um, with some. I'll call them mentor, uh, some some mentee levels uh, individuals, and um, one of the big statements that I made is, um, it's about making an impact, right? And for me, what I'd like to be the takeaway is that the work that I'm, the work that I'm doing in my career, is going to have an impact, a positive impact. And Katie said positive there, a po but a positive impact on. Um, individuals that I know and individuals that I don't know. And I, this is one of the things that I do love about um, our role and our job and being able to go out into the customers and even meet with patients along the way 
is to see um, how the work that we're doing and the work that our colleagues are doing and that our company is doing to um, to, to impact healthcare and to impact people and that mission. Um, I love seeing that firsthand. And um, that's what I hope that when I wrap up my career at the end, that I'm able to sit there and say, some of the things that I did made a true positive impact on society and on mankind. And, and I can be proud of that. So, and my kids can be proud of that. Wonderful. So today we've talked about MR, social determinants of health, closing the gap, R&D, the capability and efficacy of imaging as it impacts public health, the quality of life. And Katie and Wes are at the edge of that circle, directing some bands to make some changes. Thank you both Wes and Katie for joining me today. Thank you, Matt, very much for having us. This has been the Digital Health Roundtable. We'll see you next time. This has been Matt Sabolsky with the Digital Health Roundtable. Join us next time for another excellent episode. See you then.